Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Psalms 147, it's 10 and 11. It says, this talks about God, and it says, God's pleasure is not in um, the strength of the horse, nor his delight is in the legs of the warrior. Um, The Lord delights in those who fear him and who put their hope in his unfailing love. So God's not impressed by our strength. He's not impressed by the things. The strength of the horse represented those um, things that you can accomplish and do with, for us, it's our technology, it's our tools, everything that we can accomplish. God's not impressed by all those things. He delights in those who fear him and put their hope in his unfailing love. And this year when I was looking at the Christmas story, we're going we're gonna to look at it again today. And um, we're, I'm going to do the background uh, story on it because there's background things that we don't realize when we read the story. One, I just discovered this, this Christmas season um, about the um, the mad guy, and we're going to look at that. But um, we we got to see that God's always working in the background. God is a generational God. God's a covenant God, and God's unfailing love never stops. He is always working out a plan, and it's always for our good, and it's always for a good outcome. Always, always, always. Even at the very beginning, when man sinned, Adam and Eve sinned, God made a plan and he said to the woman, and I will put enmity between your seed and her seed. And you're going to bruise his head. He's going to bruise your heel, but you're going to crush his head. And he was talking already about the promise of the Savior coming already at the very beginning when, when they sinned. So God had a plan that he was unraveling. And so, but we see in the gospel of Matthew, um, Matthew 1, 17, um, God unfolds this plan and he gives a a genealogy, which I'm not going to get into, but basically at the end of all this genealogy, it says that here, it says, it says, thus there were 14 generations in all, um, Matthew 117. Did I give you that one? No. Okay. I'll, I'll just read it. And then I'll, um, we'll, we'll go to the next one. It says, thus there were 14 generations in all from Abraham to David. And then there were 14 more from David to the exile to Babylon. And then there were 14 more generations from from the exile uh, to Babylon to the Messiah. Now, a generation roughly is 30, 40 years, depending on, uh, it can vary, but basically how many know God is not in a hurry? There's 14 generations from Abraham to, to, um, to David. Now, we know Abraham was the man that God called by faith, and he was the first one that God established the covenant with. And it was by faith. It wasn't by laws and regulations. It was by faith Abraham listened to God, believed, and went. And, and went out, left his land, and, and was going to a place where God was going to establish him. How many know it takes faith to do that? It takes faith. Mustafa knows this. It's taken faith for him to move from Turkey to Canada. It's faith. Faith. It takes faith to do that. He's wondering, what am I saying? But he kind of understands a little bit. (laughs) But it takes faith because it's all unknown. But God established Abraham. Then he established through Abraham a family. He takes two old people and he says, great, perfect candidates to start my my, uh, many nations from. 
And, and so already, right from the beginning, miracle, miracle, miracles. So then he establishes his, uh, Abraham, uh, Isaac, his son, and then Jacob. And from Jacob comes an entire nation, which is Israel. He changes his name from Jacob to Israel. And then from there, he establishes, uh, he, he develops a nation while they're in captivity in Egypt. They become from, I believe they were like 70, 78 people in his family at the time. And by the time they left Israel, 400 years later, they were over 2 million. They were Toronto, moving out of Egypt, right? And it says there was not one lame among them. Can you imagine that? Anyway, we're not going to go bunny trail on that because we've got to get through this. But, but then he goes there, and then he goes, and then he establishes um, his covenant, his laws, but then he establishes... Um, uh, a, a king and and David is this king and a king after his own heart and God establishes a covenant with David and that's why he stops it there and he says and from David then uh, going to another 14 generations to captivity in Babylon now Babylon was where Daniel how many know the book of Daniel Daniel God took the children of Israel out of um, the, the land and he said because you basically have not honored the Sabbath for 70 years, for every year, you did not honor the Sabbath because they were to rest the land every seven years. And God said the land would produce double the amount in the sixth year and you'd be able to live off of it in the seventh year. But what did they do? They're like, woohoo, gravy train. Let's take year six, let's sell it all, and let's, let's do year seven and make some more. Why? Because it's never enough. Mammon, if you serve the God of money, never enough. you got to serve God and obey God and honor God, and you'll be satisfied. And so they didn't honor it for 70 years. God says, for every year you didn't honor it, you're in captivity. How many know that's not a nice thing? But how many know that a father who loves us disciplines us? And this is why we honor the nation of Israel, because they had to carry the price to bring the word of God, and they carried the price by also being disciplined by the Lord and having to live through that, that hardship to bring what we have. Amen? How many are thankful they did that? We're grafted in, guys. If they didn't do it, we're out of here. So we show honor to that because God blessed that nation, and he says, if you bless them, you'll be blessed. This service in, in January 7th, very important. Spread the news. So many people not knowing how to pray for Israel, not understanding what to do now, not understanding where it is in the end times. We have a rabbi, a, a messianic rabbi. He's a completed Jew who is an incredible teacher. We have had Rabbi Jeff. He is incredible. He is a not a boring, snoring teacher. The guy is amazing. You will love him. I'll give you your money back if you don't like them. <laughs> Full deposit back. <laughs> but, um, but then he goes on and he goes on and, he, and then he goes from, from there to, to the ex exile and he says, and there's another 14 generations from, from Babylonian captivity all the way to um, when the Messiah came. Now, Daniel, in, in that time of captivity, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Amendo. How many know those stories of 
in the Bible. Those guys were all friends, and they did not bow. They did not settle. They did not compromise. They stood up for God, and God made Daniel and his servants ten times smarter, ten times wiser, because they honored God. God elevated Daniel to the point where he um, he. He saved his, the nation because the king, King uh, Nebuchadnezzar, was having tormenting dreams. And, and the Magi at that time, which we're going to go into, they did not know how to interpret the dream. And he basically says, I'm killing y'all. Y'all going to die. If I can't get this dream fixed and I'm going to be tormented, tormenting all of you, you're just, you're done. And Daniel's like, no, God will give the interpretation and I will, I will give that to you. And he spared the entire Magi because he interpreted the dream that God gave him the interpretation for. But there, God elevated him, and then Daniel had to, at one point, give a word to the king that you're going to go crazy, basically. You're going to be prosperous, and then you're going to go crazy. You're going to eat grass. How many, how many would like to give that prophetic word to someone? Um, you know, you're going to do really well, and then you're going to become crazy to the point you're going to eat grass, and you're going to look like a cow and you're gonna and then you're gonna come to your senses and you're gonna realize god is the god of heaven and earth and basically when he came out of this and it did happen just as daniel said he elevated daniel he said we all serve the god of daniel boom 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 then daniel had to persevere through nebuchadnezzar's wonky son who rebelled and went against god and then he he again had to prophesy writing on a wall and all kinds of different things but he pushed through he pushed through to three leaders three leaders he stood faithful to god in but but what i want us to see because here's the backstory. This mad guy that we hear about, how many know these kings that we see in the story? And they're these kings, and, and we think, you know, they're, they're kings from another nation. They're not. They're Magi. And Magi, they understood the stars, and they came from Babylon. They came as an influence of Daniel's teaching and what Daniel did. And they were following the scriptures and the prophetic words and the things which were showing that there's a star and that we follow this star and where this star is, there is going to be a king. And we're going to look at this and we're going to read through this. We, we think it just happened. No, these guys were influenced by Daniel. Hundreds of years earlier. Isn't that cool? It gives me hope. Because sometimes you, you're in the immediate, you're thinking, is there anything happening in this? There is always something happening. And when you do something and you use the words of God and you follow God and you obey God, the Bible says God blesses you to a thousand generations. The blessing of God comes upon you and upon those. So that's why I stay faithful. I don't care if Susie or Joe or whatever fell off the rails and hurt me and whatever. I'm moving on. I'm serving God. I'm not serving you or anyone else. We're serving God. And yes, God can restore those things along the way, but sometimes you have to move on. You don't park it and stay there and die in offense and die bitter. But Daniel didn't. He moved on and he pressed on and, and this is the influence. So let's read it now from that perspective of this Magi. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, um, Matthew 2, 1. Sorry. I'm keeping Ethan guessing. <laughs> Ethan's doing a great job. I'm not. Okay. Matthew 2, 1. 
After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? So these guys knew more than the children of Israel knew. This blows my mind. We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, I'm sitting here thinking, why am I, why do I sound so loud? <laughs> okay. So it says here, when, when he saw this, um, <clears throat> it says, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together all the chief uh, people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi Magi, uh, secretly and and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, and he said, Go and search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Lie. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen, uh, when it rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house. Now, it's a house because he's probably two years or more old at this time. So sorry to bash your nativity scene. I have one in my house. They're not there. Shepherds are there. We're going to look at this. But they came when he was a little older. But that star stayed there. So guys, they were following this star for years. We complain about serving God and following God through tough times and we're thinking, how am I ever going to make this? Years. Years. It says here, when the star, they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Just a backstory on that. I know a multimillionaire who did a study on this, got all the documents, paid to have all of them dug up of history documents on this and how much this treasure was there's you you can do it through documents it was very expensive for him to do and he said it was over 400 american 400,000 american dollars okay not a little bomb you know why I, we know this cuz the king it got the king's attention when they came through their gifts. They were like, he was like, what are you doing? And they're like, we're giving gifts to a king. Like, they were gifts worthy of a king. It got a king's attention. They opened their treasures. They presented him the gifts of gold, frankincense, and more. And having been warned in a dream, look, warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. 
So you, it, the amount of supernatural dreams and visitations in the Christmas story is incredible. We're going to look at just a few of them, but this is one of them. It says, and when they had gone, an angel of the Lord um, uh, went, and they returned to their country by another route. And when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Why? Because they didn't know what they were doing. And guess what? God doesn't want us to suffer. He'll give us a dream. If I'm too dumb to figure it out and I haven't read my Bible, you know what? They didn't even know to go to Bethlehem to have the baby. They went because there was a census that the ruler of the nation said you have to go for. And Mary had to hop on a donkey full term. <laughs> How many know that's not special? God, I, I'm convinced God is not too concerned about our comfort. A lot of the time. He's like, you'll make it. Just keep going. So they, they went. And it says here, they, they, in the dream, it says, he says, get up. He said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so it was fulfilled what the Lord had said to the prophet. Out of Egypt, Egypt, I called my son. So here again, prophetically, hundreds of years earlier, the prophet said this would happen. They didn't know. They weren't following prophecy. They were following what an angel told them to do. Amen? Doesn't that give you hope? Sometimes I just think, God, how are you going to do this with this? God can do it as long as I'm willing I don't need to be a genius I just have to be available and willing then Herod it says when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi he was what he was furious like a typical narcissist would be and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah, again, a prophet prophesied this hundreds of years before. This is why when people say, oh, I don't believe in the Bible, there are so many prophetic words that have been fulfilled one after the hundreds for just the Messiah and how he would come and what he would do. Hundreds and hundreds and all fulfilled. And people are like, I don't believe this. Well, you're a dork because... This was like hundreds of years before. Like, you don't even use your brain if you, if you get mad at that. Because that's not even thinking. These are fulfilled prophecies. We, we have people listening to prophecies, you know, giving them wonky, stupid things to people now. And we think, oh, because it's in the immediate, we believe it. These were given hundreds of years before and they were fulfilled and the person didn't even know they were fulfilling them. God's like, take that. Like to see you do that. Come on. Like we, we got to realize this is, this is awesome what God did. And so what happened? These kids were killed two years and under. This was the price of the birth of the Messiah. And because of wickedness in this world, because of an evil ruler. And sometimes... There's things that God has to push through and, and persevere through because 
he, he doesn't overrule human will. He works around and through it, but sometimes we have to push through some things. And the nation of Israel carried this. They had to, their kids were killed so we could have our Messiah. Let's remember that. And then we go into um, the, the account, and, and this is what I want us to see, is the faithfulness of God through generations. And when God instituted the, the sacrifice in the, and, and the sacrifice of the lamb, and, you know, that our sin had to be paid for, and that the wages of sin was death, there, there were sacrifices that had to be made in the temple. And in Jerusalem, and in Beth- Bethlehem, all of these things were, were managed. And in Bethlehem, they were the ones, they were the shepherds that took care of the, 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 the lambs and the sheep for the sacrifices that were going to be at the temple. And they were, um, they understood this very well. And so we're going to look at this because the background story of this, I love, because this is the part where God reveals um, the Messiah coming to shepherds. And we think, oh, it's nice. You know, he just did it to a bunch of lowly shepherds. No, he didn't. He did it to the shepherds that understood why this sacrifice had to be made. They were the shepherds for the temple. And they understood. And we're, well, let, let's go into it. So in Luke 2, 1 to 20, we're going to read this one. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken for the entire uh, Roman world. This was the first census that took place. Um, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him... Yeah. She wrapped him in clothes. Now... The, the proper translation is in swaddling clothes and placed him in the manger because swaddling is a very important thing that you will, I'll explain. And while they were there, the time came. Okay. And placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. How many know that would be a pretty awesome thing? Now, if I was on angel team, an angel choir team, first of all, I would come to be coming down and I would say, Okay, who is in charge of advertising here? Because this is the king. This is the son of God. This is the most important gift that's ever going to come to earth. And we got a bunch of shepherds in a field that smell like sheep poo. Come on. They're coming down and they're, it says here that they filled the sky. These guys were terrified. 
And it says here, the glory shone around them, and they were, uh, but the angel said to them, don't be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. Oh, I keep losing my spot. You will find a baby wrapped, wrapped, or swaddled in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all <clears throat> who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Now these shepherds, why shepherds? One reason, they understood the sacrifice. They understood that a perfect lamb. Swaddling was a term that they used. They would wrap these lambs to keep them unblemished because for sacrifice, they had to be a perfect lamb. So they, it's called swaddling. And it's a term that the, the shepherds in Bethlehem in particular, because they were in charge of the, the, the lambs for the sacrifice at the temple. They would swaddle lambs. So when the angels said, this will be the sign to you, you will find the baby swaddled or wrapped and lying in a manger. So there was no room in the inn. Why? Because he had to be in a manger, swaddled. That's how it had to be. And shepherds understood it. And why would all of Israel listen to them? Because they're experts. See, we don't understand because we don't understand Eastern mindset. We just think, oh, it's a nice story. No, God always is purposeful. People don't want to listen to some guy that's just randomly, oh, yeah, angels appeared to me. No, no, these guys were like, no, these angels said this child would be in a manger, swaddled. He is the Savior. He is the King. We went exactly as they said, and it, was, it happened. He was there. And they were like, this is the perfect lamb. This is our Messiah. Awesome. And Mary's like, pondering this thing. She's like, I gotta raise God. I've gotta raise God. How do I raise God? <laughs> Joseph's freaking out, I'm sure. It's like, oh man. Can you imagine raising God? <laughs> Come on. We, we don't think about these stories a lot of times. We're just kind of, oh, it's like, no, let's put the reality check on it. It's like, whoa. Awesome. And so, here again, we see the background story. God, for years and years, had these shepherds doing this, preparing these lambs, doing it in a way. But then he's, he's like, okay, guys, today it ends. Today, we're getting the perfect lamb. 
Now, it didn't end because we know when it ended. When Christ died on the cross, the Bible says what happened? The temple, the curtain, the veil in the temple where the sacrifices were made, ripped. God himself said, we're done, rip. Which, it's a woven fabric, thick. Thick, thick, thick. You couldn't cut through it. And God's like, shh, laser. Before laser was ever invented, he was like, done. And that's when that sacrifice was over. And God says, no more. But God always has a backstory, and he's always working. And we've got to be mindful of this. And this is what I love about Jewish, um, the history. If we understand the, the history, there's such depth to it. People are like, oh, it's just a random thing. No, it's not. God is so methodical in the way that he works. He's so profound in the way that he, everything is purposeful. Everything. Even what we think is wasted and lost, God uses. Because he's awesome and because he can. And because he, he does, and he takes the things that we despise and we reject and he, he says he uses them to confound the wise. And he's going to do that, and he's going to continue to do that. Why? Because that's what he does. But there's a, this is another background story that we often don't see. And I love this one because this shows the value of prayer. This shows the value of those who have a continual yearning for God to do something more. How many... You, you have that inside you. And, and, and we all do. Because the Bible says the Holy Spirit in us yearns, yearns for the full manifestation of the sons of God. That we would come to the fullness of who God, which is going to be when we get to glory. But all the way going through this journey, God's changing us, transforming us from glory to glory. Amen? So he takes something that could be really not good and he can bring us to a place of glory in that. Then we come to another place that's not good, brings us into more glory. Amen? It's always changing us, always transforming us. But the value of prayer and a seeking heart, and we see this in this account here. In, um, it's in Luke 2, 22. We're going to start there. And, and so what happened is they had to offer Jesus, and th this was basically Jesus' dedication at the temple. And um, the, it was his baby dedication. Um, because we don't baptize babies, because babies don't know how to receive Jesus. But they dedicated, they did this dedication, which was according to the laws of that, of that day. It says, so when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it was written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Isn't this cool? So this guy's like, I'm not dying until I see him. So he's coming in my generation. He's coming. I might be old, but he's going to come. And 
It says here, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. Now, has anyone ever seen the temple courts? The temple courts is a busy place. Okay, we're talking everyone's offering sacrifices. It's the central hub. It's the mega church. It's mega. And it's a busy place. And this guy had to be led by the Holy Spirit because he would not have found them. So he was led by the Spirit, moved by the Spirit, went into the temple courts, and when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, uh, Jesus uh, to do for, for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and, and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the fall and the rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. How many know Mary's not having a good day? It's like, Mary, you are, this is going to hurt your heart. You know, this is the cost of serving God. I, 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 the North American floatsy gospel and tip thrown to the tulips is so not God because everywhere you look there is great glory but there is great cost in you when you read your Bible there is both you cannot get away from it there is both and we want one we want the bless me side but whenever it costs us we're oh something's wrong something's wrong something's, no maybe something's not wrong Maybe you're just going to have to persevere through this. Because Mary had to even have it where this would pierce her own soul too. Can you imagine seeing him die on the cross? Mary was there. We've seen the Passion of the Christ movie. That gives us just a tiny glimpse. Her soul was pierced there. How, what about raising him? You're raising the perfect child. He's probably correcting mom. <laughs> Mom, you shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> no, we don't know. These are, this is one of the things I'm going to ask Jesus when I get there. Um, but it says here, and so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And, and, then, and then it says here, there was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. And she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was widowed until she was 84. Okay, listen. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Who ushered in the Messiah through prayer? Anna was one of them. 
We seem to think things just happen. They don't happen. They get prayed through. Anna was one of them. I'm not saying she was the only one, but why was Anna there? Why did Anna see this? Why was Anna in that moment with Simeon? Why was Anna at the right place at the right time? And what was Anna also waiting for? This Messiah. Israel was in a bad place at this time. They were waiting for their Messiah. They were under Roman rule. Jesus came in a time when Israel was oppressed. They were under Roman rule. It was an oppressive time. And they were crying out for their Messiah. They were crying out to be saved. You know, sometimes when things get hard, and if things get hard, that should make us cry out more to God. Not whine, cry out to God. I didn't go there because I didn't because it's a Christmas service, but read Matthew 24 because it talks about in the end times, wars and rumors of war, uh, 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 wars and, and um, um, earthquakes are going to happen. They're going to increase and all these. And it says, and those who endure till the end. And it talks about a lot of hard things that we're going to have to persevere through. This is Jesus telling us about the end times. And I don't know, the rapture theory, I would love to be raptured. I'm, I'm all hands in. That's what I want first. But guess what? I'm not living with the scapegoat mentality where I hope he sucks me out of here before this all happens because I'm not going to make it. No, I'm going to stay faithful to him through it. And he, like he did with the children of Israel, he perse they persevered through and they got to the other side and they received the promise. And if the cost was great, the cost was great. It doesn't last forever and instantly we're in glory. Let's remember this. We don't live for now. We live for eternity. And we do not know what it will cost. I hope it doesn't. But if it does, it does. Amen? Who wants to be faithful to the end? Like Anna, fasted and prayed day and night till she was 84. Widowed for who knows how many years. They got married young and only married seven years. So probably 60 or more years. Wow. It says, coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. She instantly knew. That's what spending 60 years in fasting and prayer does. <laughs> Amen. We don't realize the depth of what God does. God had Anna in that place. God had people prepared and in these places at different times for specifically things that really mattered to God. And these were people that feared God and trusted in his unfailing love. Let's go right back to our beginning verse, Psalms 147. Let's read it together. God's pleasure... Let's read it together. God's pleasure is not in the strength of the horse 
nor his delight is in the legs of the warrior. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. Amen? Can we do that? Can we fear him? And to fear him means to have an awe and a respect for the things he says and the things he wants to do. It's not my life. It's his life through me. I've been bought with a price, with the precious blood of Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.